What's up to our sidekicks and henchfolk out there in the Geek Nation? You're currently tuning into the Cult Pop Podcast, episode 797. It's a show where we talk about and review graphic novels, comma, movies, comma, TV, and a once-monthly roundup of current comics on the stands right now. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo of JD's Hero Complex, located at 4327 Main Street, Philadelphia, a super rad shop that caters to you. So come buy my shit. Joining me tonight is Noel. Hi, Noel. Hi. Um, how much is your shit? Uh, it varies from uh, a free to very expensive. Hmm. That's some expensive shit. You have options. It's also yeah. some affordable shit. It's like a spectrum yeah. of shit prices. It's exciting. There's also some free shit. Free shit, awesome. some expensive shit, some affordable shit. Shit, 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 shit. Anyway. Hi. It's shit all the way down. Thank it's you to everyone cheers. joining us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. If you like us talking over each other like we're doing right now, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Uh, get, get down there in the chat and chat with us. You can also email us at cultspopgo at gmail.com. And you can join our book club Facebook group called JD's Hero Complex Book Club. It's pretty self-explanatory. Um, we have an email. We have. But I put my phone on airplane mode so that I wouldn't mess up the internet connection. Well, so now I... Well, hang on. While you look for the email, I'm just going to go ahead and ask a couple more pointed questions about that shit that you possess that, with which you want to sell at the highest bidder, uh-huh. or whatever the shit's worth. Um, is it shit that's bigger than a bread box? Oh, there's tiny shits? There's little baby shits? There's big big daddy shits? All sorts of shits. Is shit a euphemism? Look at these big shits. I just got in a really... I just really got... I got a really big shits in right now. Hold on. Let's, uh, and I will. I will... So, for the listeners, I'm describing him walking to the other side of the room. Ah, he's coming back with a very large shit. Hey, it's Spider-Man Gallery Edition? Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man Gallery Edition. That is a huge book. What is that like? Artist Edition, yeah. 30 by 25 inches? That's huge. Yeah, it's about the size of a small car. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, it's, the size, it's the size of from my neck. It's from my neck to my belt. So, it's That's your torso. It's the size of your torso. It's mine. Yeah, it's. I believe that's what it is. It's the Todd McFarlane torso size Spider-Man yeah. artist edition. Uh, it's the yes, yeah, the Todd McFarlane Spider-Man artist edition, human torso size. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know what? I want to wear it as a shirt. I, I w- like uh, plug for the shop. Uh, we just recently um, consolidated some storage units, and there's some like nice out of print stuff that you currently have in the shop that we should put. Up for grabs soon. Is that is that is that Gizmo? It's Gizmo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rob Marmoro Jr. says, is. "Nice. I want to get that." Are you talking about Gizmo? Or are you talking about the giant torso-sized Todd McFarlane book? Um. Anyway, hi guys. Welcome to the show. Uh, we got comments. We got we got chats. Let's see what we got. Good evening, Cole Popper. Sorry, JD. My local comic shop didn't have another copy of Fantastic Four Circle, Full Circle. You know what, Robert Monroe? Uh, I actually got a couple copies in, and we're going to be talking about it tonight. That's tonight's show. We're going to be talking about Fantastic Four, Four Full Circle, the OGN from Marvel by Alex Ross. That'll be our big uh, review at the end of the show, towards the end of the show. That'll be the last half is what I'm saying. Uh, but before that, we're going to do what you've been up to this week, huh? Sitting on the toilet waiting for the pod to start, said Christopher Goodnight. Um, boop a bop Always. I guess he's always on the toilet waiting for the um, pod to start. I, actually, I, uh, I, would like to, I would like to skip ahead to Hal 28-14. I lost my fantasy football game, so I can care less about Monday Night Football tonight. So I'm spending tonight watching my favorite nerds. Listen, uh, Hal, um, JD doesn't 
really speak this language, but I want to commiserate with you for about 30 seconds. I also lost this week my fantasy team. However, my real team, my my heart team, won. So every week that I lose fantasy, I at least want my like actual real team to win. But the weeks that are the worst are when you lose both. And uh, just join in the, your sorrow here on the pod with us tonight. Thank you. Have a good night. All right, JD, come on back in. We're, we're done with we're done with sport point talk. Oh shit! Whoops. Ah, there we go. Um, let's see. Uh, Christopher Goodnight also says, but also along with the Carrie Soto is back. There is a controversy because it's a white. I don't know what I don't know what any of this is. All about. right. So I while we were while we were um, while we were waiting, I threw in the chat. I knew there were people waiting. Just like, what have you guys been up to this week? Christopher word vomited a couple of paragraphs. Just ah, it's fine. Uh, the long and short of it is. He finished the uh, the um, Paper Girls show and liked it a lot. Sad that it's canceled. I oh, agree. Nice. Yeah, I thought the same. I felt the same way about the Why the Last Man show, which I also enjoyed and was also canceled. Um, Robert Monroe said, "I spent the weekend watching 1950s horror films like The Co- Amazing Colossal Man, The Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman, Them, and It Came from Outer Space." Uh, I don't think I've seen any of those. Um, all right, let's see. Oh, I lost both, Noel. LOL, says Hal. It's not funny, man. You don't have to laugh. I know you're just hiding pain. Do we have letters? Yeah. Are you showing a letter? We got letters. Here yeah, we go, letters. Yeah. Charles in Chattanooga. Hey, guys, it's me, Charles in Chattanooga, a.k.a. Hal2814. Last episode, I, I heard y'all... I heard y'all talking about Resident Alien, one of my favorite shows. I keep telling people about it, but for some reason, I don't hear much about it online. I know there's a ton of stuff to watch out there, but this is a gem. I've never read the comic, but I love Alan Tudyk, and the chemistry and comedic timing with the cast is so good. I'd be here all night mentioning them, so I'll mention Alan Tudyk with Saren Tomko, who plays the nurse, and Corey Reynolds, a.k.a. Sheriff Mike, was with Elizabeth Brown, a.k.a. Deputy Liv. Well, I'm glad you guys like the show as well. Till next time. Spoiler alert! So, yeah, uh, I really, I just finished season one of Resident Alien. I also am a giant Alan Tudyk fan. I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, but Tudyk. Hmm. So, yeah, thank you for emailing us at coltpopgo at gmail.com. Um, While you were away, I had mentioned that I started reading uh, Transmetropolitan this past week. And I'm, I enjoy it, but I'm on the fence. I asked if anybody had, and Todd Engel responded, we loved it back in the day, but I don't know how it would hold up today. I do remember Spider Jerusalem. For those that have ever read it, Spider Jerusalem is a future version of Hunter S. Thompson. He's a gonzo journalist in this kind of... I wouldn't say post-apocalyptic, but like maybe super consumerism, near future kind of existence uh, in large metropolitan areas. Uh, And he's just a journalist, uh, a gonzo journalist that just goes where the story takes him. He lives on drugs and alcohol and just does it all. It's very dated, but not irrelevant. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. the topics are still relevant, but the style and the the main character is a kind of like a dated pastiche version of people that don't really exist anymore. Both times that I have attempted to read Transmit, uh, I just said this dude's an edge lord, and I don't care. He is, but they after the first arc. They saddle him with a journalist student who continues to call him out on his insanity and stupidity. It's like, okay. So it becomes a a much better dynamic than just like, look at this edgelord being awesome and and saving the day. It's more like, look at this. He's got a diarrhea gun. Yuck, 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 yuck. Look at this wildly out of, out of touch idiot that happens to be a savant when it comes to social justice. So like he's a garbage human but he's an excellent journalist. That part's oh, okay. But we'll see how it goes. Oh, oh, oh. Christopher St. Saucy is giving us some he's bullshit. Saucy. Uh, it's called reading comprehension, my dudes. If you read all my contents versus just one comment, you would understand me. Also, if you could remember something for longer than a week. 
Hey, Same. Um, maybe maybe if you didn't write every thought in your head in one letter, I wouldn't have to <laughs> skip. Um, but uh, also, my brain is bad, and I don't remember things for more than 20 minutes. I have terrible short-term memory because of my ADHD, and it's a lifelong struggle. Let's move on. Um, let's see. Uh, before we get to tonight's main review, let's go around the digital room between me and Noel and talk a little bit about what each of us has watched and read this week in a segment we like to call, What'd You Do This Week, Huh? Hey, huh? Noel. Yeah. It, it begs the question. What'd you do what this question? week, huh? 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 This, huh? Um, well, um, I read. Other than Transmetropolitan, I've read some other stuff uh, that I'd like to speak about here on the show um please first do. thing yeah uh, uh i won't go too much into this because um i think we're going to talk oh. about it next week in our like monthly over over haul or recap of like comics mm-hmm. for the month but vanish number one came out from image comics written by johnny cates with art by ryan stegman mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it was a very slick comic book I'm sorry, um, all that came through was I, the words, a comic book, because you froze. Say it again. It was, it was a very slick comic book. Slick, slick. okay. Slick comic book. Great. Um, the, they're, they're riffing on an aesthetic in comic books that I don't enjoy. I don't have fond memories for, like, early to mid and late 90s, just 90s comics, the chains and edgy... Darkness, Kids love chains. Shit. They're riffing on an era of comics that I don't like. Yeah. However, the way they do it is earnest and it actually has like it has like emotion to it. Oh. So it's it's less it's definitely nostalgia and member berries, but it's done with modern storytelling techniques, so it doesn't feel stupid. Does that make sense? Like, if you read some of those yeah. older comics, it's just like, you know, lots of pouches and people just shouting exposition for the next splash page. Mm-hmm. It's done in modern, it's done with modern storytelling techniques, but it is definitely riffing on stuff that I don't like. So every time I start one of their books, it's like, I get it. But I just always end up kind of like falling for it by the end. Yeah. Um, so I'd be really well, interested to see what you think with this one. Well, I have a history of liking that sort of thing. I do not go back and read Silver Age books almost ever. Um, yeah. But I love modern retelling of Silver Age tales. Robin yeah. Year One, Batgirl Year One, et cetera. Um, um, or, gosh, um, what's the JLA um, Darwin Cook? Oh, New, New Frontier. Frontier. Yeah. New Frontier, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I love modern re- redos of those mm-hmm. time periods and those, those sort of um, characters. So, yeah, that sounds like it might be right up my alley. It's just, it's the uh, same yeah. thing, just, you know, sli- <laughs> sliding yeah, time. Like 30, years about, yeah. 30 years later. But yeah, it's yeah. the same kind of thing. And it's, it, it also is, at the same time, it's a little bit of a riff on Harry Potter. Oh, so it is. Um, okay. It's a very, it's a very interesting book, and I really liked it. I'm, I'm like, I'm looking forward to to talking about it next week. I'm definitely going to put it in the pile. Awesome. Um, but the other thing that I caught up on this week was Berserker, Breeze Wrecker. Yes, tell me Breeze more. Breeze Wrecker. Yeah. Um, this is issue ten of twelve. The book comes out mildly infrequently. Like it's it's monthly, but I think it's like a it's got to be on like a six week schedule because it just feels like forever between issues. Um, I was really liking it for like the first three or four, but it's so boring. It is one of the most boring books that I'm reading currently. It's an action book, isn't it? It's it's, 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 I swear to God, the plot hasn't moved at all since like issue four. Oh shit. Um, And they keep... I don't rec- like it's it's difficult to remember stuff that happens from the last issue because it seems like it's going nowhere. It's just they keep stress testing the character of B to the point where now he can like 
transcend to a different plane of existence when he experiences an X amount of pain. And it's, it's just like it, it's like the most boring version of power ups constantly every issue. Mm. And it's like the action bit of it is just, it's been so samey for like seven issues. I'm, it's, it's an incredibly, it's an unfortunately boring experience. I thought the and same way. It reminds me of um, Shoot 'Em Up, the movie Shoot 'Em Up, because it's at eleven mm. all the time, and there's so much going on, so nonstop that I actually get bored by how much is going on. Well, at least that was only eighty-five minutes. This has been ten That's months. True. That's true. Good point. <laughs> That's a shame. Um, I mean, I didn't really care. I read the first issue and I went, "Ah, oh, cool," and then never thought about it again. The first two oh. or three actually had had like some promise they were very fun it just it is it is a slog to read and if it wasn't ending i would i would probably drop it if this was an ongoing i would just be like deuces how it um, with you oh, it, it's it's like um you know that's what is that saying um like 10 pounds of story 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag yeah it feels like a pound of shit in a 10 empty bag. in a 10 pound bag yeah. Like, it's just they're spreading nothing out and just smearing it. I'm just going to take oh, this shit yeah. further. Like, they're taking the poop and they're smearing it. Yeah, yeah. And seeing how far down the wall they can get. Yeah. That's a visual. Uh, <laughs> Don't like that. <laughs> the other, the last thing I wanted to talk about real quick was um, Phenomena. Phenomena, The Golden City of Eyes. But published by Abrams Books. Written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by... Andre Lima Arruyo. Um, it is an original graphic novel by Brian Michael Bendis and Andre Lima Arruyo. So this, before I even talk about the story, I would like to talk about how wonderful this presentation is for this book. Hmm. Um, it is matte and glossy. Like just the presentation itself is great. It's standard size. But the inside of the dust chapter. Matte and glossy, so it's it's got spot varnish. There you go. That, is that the didn't know yes. spot varnish? It is a penciled hmm. hardcover, and I didn't know this. The book itself is in black and white. What? It is incredibly detailed. Fantastic fucking pencils. Wow. Um, like this book is beautiful. Okay. This art is phenomenal. That's nice. I do not. I do not know this gentleman, but it's a a boon for Bendis to be here. It's like to to get him on board for these, uh, which is uh, promising to be a series of uh, original graphic novels. This is the first of a couple, I believe. Um, Finamina. So, <laughs> yeah, Finamina. Um, so I, uh, it's it's chunked out into four chapters. I read the first two. Um, and I'm really liking it so far. Do you, JD, you can take me off the single screen. JD, do you remember, um, Frey, the, the Buffy's book? Yeah. Oh yeah. That first issue was a little difficult because it was a made up language. People were were throwing around made up words and, and made up terminology. And you're just like, I think this means cool i think that means food uh, like <laughs> yeah it was very in the weeds with like their vernacular yeah the first couple of pages of this yeah they do not like they literally just throw you in they do not talk about races religions types of people and monsters and aliens where the fuck you even are um but it starts to sing really quickly and honestly the, the art does most of the legwork it's awesome it's just incredibly awesome. What is, this is really, really good. Can you give us the elevator Oops. pitch for what, what it is? What's it about? So far, it seems to be, it's, I mean, everything's a post-apocalyptic world, but I, I, I don't know yet if it's Earth or not, but it is a young boy. It starts with a young boy who uh, is just fitted with gear. Maybe he's like 12 uh, and wants to buy a piece of fruit uh, at a local vendor. The vendor says that fruit costs a story. So the kid starts telling him a story about how he met his best friend. And then it does a flashback. And his best friend is this, this warrior, this fighter, which is this character named Spike. He's a cypher, whatever the hell that means. And how this character 
uh, stole Cypher's dagger, and they all want to go to this golden city. It's it's all it's nothing but exposition and plot contrivances thrown at you, but it's done so like cute and beautifully that I was just like, yeah, let's go. I want to learn more. So it's I found it's, the at um, least, the Witch of Medilly. Um, I probably could have read the back. Uh, nope, the story of a young boy named Bolden and his warrior friend Spike, survivors of a phenomena that took over Earth years ago. Not an apocalypse, something far more interesting. Bolden and Spike oh, cool. reforced to team reforced are forced to team up with another lost orphan of the world, Matilda. The trio of heroes go on a globe-trotting adventure that takes them to a magical, mysterious place called the Golden City of Eyes. And the, be- the quest across this epically crazy new world looking for answers and purpose, they face off against dark forces, big and small, changing the world better along the way. Each journey is personal, and every chapter takes the trio toward a different, visually iconic destination, and each location, character, and chapter reveals clues to the shape of the world and how they got there, and ultimately, their purpose. So, yeah. It's very good. I'm, I was very impressed. Said. Yeah. <laughs> I was very impressed with it. I liked it a lot. So far. Nice. I'm going to finish it probably awesome. tonight. Um, great. So, um, JD. Hmm. What you been watching, huh? I'll tell you. Uh, as soon as I bring up my notes and remember. Oh, that's right. I watched Reboot, a new Hulu. Is it? Is it still a sitcom? It's a sitcom. It's a Hulu sitcom about... A sitcom from 20 years ago that was very schmaltzy, and now they are doing a reboot of, like, a revisit, right, to um, make new episodes. But they're trying to be edgier and hipper and more aware. Um, And it stars Rachel Bloom, which is the reason I even bothered checking it out, because I like her from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And Keegan-Michael Key, is that his name? Mm -hmm. Um... And Paul Reiser and uh, Johnny Knoxville for some reason. Uh, so yeah, it's yeah all of these characters. Oh, and Judy Greer, who I like a lot. Judy Greer is in it. And so uh, yeah, basically they were the stars of this TV show 20 years ago or 15 years ago, and now they're doing this reboot where they're all coming back and they're doing a new version of it um, and uh, all the uh, fun things that happen. Uh, it's, it's, it was a lot of fun. I've only watched the first two or three episodes that they're, it's still coming out. They didn't drop it all at once. So, uh, the first, I guess, I guess it was three. The first three episodes are a lot of fun. Really funny. Even Sushan looked at me after she watched the second one and was like, this is smart. This is good. I like this. Um, we both like watching shows that take place in entertainment. So I like a show about a show. Um, I like that sort of stuff. So I like to see how Hollywood works and how TV shows are put together and behind the scenes stuff. And so it's a lot like that. Um, So that was a lot of fun. I I recommend checking that out if you got Hulu. And then um, I finally checked out Michael Mann's first film from 1981 called Thief. Uh, Michael Mann um, had directed, um, what what has he done? He did um, the Miami Vice is the only one I can think of. And that's the only one I haven't seen, I think. Manhunter, right? Um, yes. The one with uh, Tom Cruise. Collateral. Like, Collateral, um, yeah. He's done 5,000 things that are all plays and they're all like macho and awesome, uh, but I can't think of a single one. So just keep going. So yeah, Thief is the name of this movie. It's starring James Caan. Con. James Caan. And uh, it is, it's, it's just about a thief. And he's, he is a, a guy who breaks into safes. Uh, he steals diamonds or cash, stuff like that. He has a very specific set of rules that he follows. Um, and he gets, he winds up getting kind of deep in it because he finds out that somebody kills one of his, his men and his crew who had his money. So then he goes to try and get his own money back. And that winds him down this path. And um, it's really good. Macho is right. Macho is right. Mm-hmm. Toxic masculinity stuff. out the wazoo. But um, it was really, really, really well done. I really liked it. Um, I love the way it Heat ended. Heat is the one we're forgetting, by the way. Heat, that's the one. Heat. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I actually went specifically to watch Heat, and then I saw this pop up on the, the blip loop. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'll check this out. So uh, I wound up watching this instead of Heat, and um, oh man, it's great. It's a bit, it's got a little bit of a slow pace to it. Uh, and there's a really interesting scene where, uh, you know, he's been seeing this woman and because of the, the gig that he's on, he's like two hours late to meet her for a date. And uh, holy shit, he sucks. He shows up at the bar. She's like, get out of here. It's you're two hours late. I think, I believe it's a real quick shot, but I, I think she was actually asleep at the bar. <laughs> And so he comes and he wakes her up and he's like, come on, you were looking forward to this. And he literally grabs her by the shoulder. She's like, get the fuck out of here. I don't want to talk to you. He's like, no, you were looking forward to this. Let's go. And he grabs her, manhandles her out the door, pushes a couple of people who would try to stop him, uh, brandishes his gun uh, to the bouncer to get him to back off. And then he takes her, he walks her outside and uh, there's people waiting for the bus and he opens up the passenger door puts her in the passenger door, closes the passenger door, goes to walk around to the driver's side, and he sees that she is getting out of the passenger side to leave. So he goes around, grabs her, slams the door, walks her around, forces her into the, um, the driver's side, and then scoots in beside her so that she can't leave, I guess, and then hits a car as he's pulling out and then speeds off. And then he's like, the next scene is them in the car, and she's like freaking out, obviously. And he's like, come on, I'm a straight up, I'm a stand up kind of guy. Let's get this romance on the road, huh? And she's like, what? All normal reactions to him being a douchebag. And then they go to a diner and he convinces her somehow to uh, date him. And then they wind up, you know, uh, you know she sticks around. So um, and I, was, I couldn't believe it as I was watching. I was like laughing in disbelief at the this character's behavior and then she winds up falling for it somehow. Like um, the 70s were but weird, then the rest man. of the movie uh, is all just, yeah, man. There's a there's been a bunch of shit like that. The the, the, the scene in um, um, Blade Runner, the very rapey yeah. Harrison Ford Blade Runner scene. Um, I think he pulls something similar in the um, Indiana Jones movies. Weird, man. Yeah, that's um, romance, baby. Yeah, they. she wants it. She yeah. says no, but she means yes. Ah. Um, so anyway, I watched that, and it was very good. Besides that one, that one really weird scene, <laughs> uh, it's good. And um, it ends in a way that I really liked. So uh, I'm going to spring this on you. Oh. Did you finish The Fast and Furious from 2001? The, the, the very first? The very first film yeah, from 2001. Yeah, I watched it here in the store. Um, real quick, what'd you think? It's got some heart to it. It is wow, ridiculous. But there are a couple there are a couple scenes nice. to it that I was like, all right. There's a scene where Dom is talking about his dad and why he's mm -hmm. terrified of this car that he's got. Um Yeah, Dom Dom the character could have been played as like this real piece of shit kind of character. But uh, what's his name? Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel um, actually, he's very charming. Like he is. Yep. He's kind of a dick. But then he's also got this charm to him and like this nice guy element. That's kind of you kind of get under the layers there. Oh, and um, it doesn't feel like an act either. So like, yeah. um, it doesn't feel like um, with. Uh, it's going to be so weird, like complimenting him so much because he's a very weird guy but uh i think any other many other actors would play an anti-hero on the page and he just does it so earnestly and it's like mm -hmm. yeah i i would i would do stupid yeah no okay yeah no yeah of course yeah yeah um so i, I'm glad I didn't, you didn't hate it. it there's a but there's a bunch of bullshit in this movie though like um Um, I'm sorry. Uh, the gentleman that we were just talking about finally responded. Yeah. Uh, I have to put that aside for now. Um, what was <laughs> I going to say? Uh, now I'm all, now uh, I'm all there's messed some, up. There's some, 
There's some ridiculous shit. In the oh, movie. there's some nonsense. Like, there's so many references to cars in regular conversation mm-hmm. that I'm just like, this, this, yeah, you know, stuff like so, you're running on empty, Mister, or you're on fumes, or <laughs> put it into high gear, Chief. Like, you know, stump. Like, none of those are actual <laughs> lines from the movie, I don't think. But those are just what is it? types. Well, of, that's the of feeling, lines. though. Like, if you would if you would have told yeah. me, like, I'd be like, yeah, of course, those are all lines in the movie. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're really. Um, how did you my feel engine. about? How did you feel about the latte scene? Because for some reason... It was so like, weird! I laughed so loud yeah. at the at the ice Could lattes. <laughs> with the, speci- like the very specific sort of mugs and the foam. Yeah, they were... I, yeah. They, like were, they were requisitioning uh, some Hollywood person's house and it's just like in a mansion. With it, and it yeah. sounded like... It, I, I was doing backstory... Because it was such a weird scene. I was doing backstory in my head like all these guys have never had access to their own latte machine. So they're probably going hog on this, this Hollywood producer's house. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't put that much thought into it. I just thought it was a funny aside. Like, like the FBI really needs their iced lattes. I'm sorry. Iced cappuccinos is what he says. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, It's an iced latte I've heard of. I've never heard of an iced cappuccino. So do you want to continue watching all of them and we report on every single Fast and Furious movie? Yes. Yeah, it's kind of fun. <laughs> it was kind of fun. Um, all right. Should, that, so that's, that's what I've been up to this week. Uh, let's move on to Fantastic Some Four. Some housekeeping? Four, well, I was going to skip that. Um, I'll skip it. Go to, go to patreon.com slash Johnny Destructor if you want to help the show out. Uh, we're just so behind. Um, I feel bad. Let's know, go. My computer, my computer shut off. Fantastic Four Full Circle from Marvel and Abrams Comics Arts, written and drawn by Alex Ross. Written, written, drawn, and painted, I suppose. He did everything. Uh, it's he a rainy night. Coloring help. There's oh, did he? Okay. It's a I rainy night in Manhattan, there. and not a creature is stirring except for Ben Grimm. When an intruder suddenly appears inside the Baxter building, the Fantastic Four find themselves surrounded by a swarm of invading parasites. These carry-on creatures composed of negative energy come to Earth using a human host as a delivery system. But for what purpose? And who is behind this untimely invasion? I'm pretty sure invasions are always untimely. I don't think anyone's like, ah, an invasion. This is exactly the time I wanted this to happen. The Fantastic Four have no choice. What? If you're the invading force, they are timed. That's true. That's true. Uh, The Fantastic (laughs) Four have no choice but to journey into the negative zone, an alien universe composed entirely of antimatter, risking not just their own lives, but the fate of the cosmos. So uh, this is a very, in Alex Ross fashion, a very classic storyline and presentation. Uh, my first thoughts are that Alex Ross, I love this new interior work that he's doing. This new, they say it's an all new style, but he, it's basically the same way he draws before. Just it's not all painted. It's it's penciled and inked. Um, uh, but it. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I, I will disagree with small points of that, but yeah, keep going. Um, I, I think and, it is different, uh, but go on. It feels like uh, a very classic tale. It has all the earmarks of an Alex Ross book, right? Um, That being said, I am not a huge Fantastic Four fan. And I enjoyed this as much as I have enjoyed any Fantastic Four storyline. I dip in and out here and there just to try them out. And they never keep my attention no matter who's writing it. Um, but I love the presentation of this. I hope they do more of these from, you know, the different Marvel characters. Um, this is wonderful. I love this. Uh, nice little hardcover. Although I will say when I ordered, I ordered, uh, four copies for my shop and I got allocated down to one of each. There was one hardcover and one slip case variant. Um, and then I had to reorder and back order more copies. And then eventually four more copies showed up. So hopefully that won't happen in the future if they do more of these. But I, I do love these OGNs. I love Alex Ross in this. Uh, it's a really cool project. Um, and I think for Fantastic Four fans, 
must have. Absolutely. If you're a Silver mm-hmm. Age fan, FF fan, this is right up your alley. You got to get a copy of it. You're going to love it. Um, but as me, I just really enjoyed the presentation. Um, I enjoyed sort of, um, again, we were talking earlier about modern storytelling that uh, harkens back to a different age. Um, and this, I think, was very successful in that that way what did you think um i liked it i liked it a lot um i am a little bit kinder to um the fantastic four than you are uh or at least i've enjoyed modern runs a lot more than you have um but i do not enjoy the silver age and golden age stuff uh, it's like the way it's written doesn't really do anything to me and that's basically his favorite thing and it's basically what he's like i think He's even said, like, this story takes place between, like, Fantastic Four annual number one and issue, like, 51. Like, he, this is steeped in an era. And I also have, like, mixed emotions about Alex Ross in general. Um, I love what he's done for the format, for the art. Like, painted, photorealistic beautiful images of posed superheroes, how the cloth would look, how they would appear in physical space that is grounded. Um, But I haven't always loved it as interiors. Um, There are some bits of Kingdom Come that just kind of feel like people posing as opposed Mm -hmm. to dynamic panels. I feel like he has rectified that with this. His panel layout is way more dynamic than I've ever seen it. The way that he had, he, like, I think he's using another colorist, too. I forget the gentleman's name. Um, so he's not painting all of it. He's only painting certain parts of it. But then they go with this wild color palette that just fits aesthetically with the time period, but then also, like, in kind of a psychedelic poster kind of way that just works. Um, and because it's colored as opposed to painted, I could see the... Like the pencil marks, the, the sketches, the the when it's when it's fully painted, your my mind goes to this is a picture of a person when it's fully photorealistic painted, and uh, you kind of lose, at least I do, I kind of lose um, a sense of how impressive that is. But in this, being able to see the pencil strokes in some places, uh, how the panels are laid out. It's just, for some reason, it just almost looks more impressive nice. for me. I would almost want this even more oversized. It came, like, slightly oversized. But give me, like, a gallery of this bitch. Because right. it's a beautiful book. Um, I love the new stuff he tried. Uh, there was a couple of pages where the panel layouts were diagonal and across. Um, it worked for the most part. Uh, some of them were slightly confusing, but it was fine. I really liked how it ended. <laughs> I thought that they were... So the end scene is really, really funny to me uh, because uh, this isn't even a spoiler. It's just, you know, they make it home. Yay. Uh, ben and and uh, Rich are, and, and Reed are in the kitchen. Ben's making a sandwich. And Reed starts to talk about how uh, he believes this and he thinks this and, and we're powering the negative force with our with our emotional baggage and doing all this and I have a theory and blah, 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 blah. And the way that it's paced and it's, it seems like it's setting up a sequel immediately, like like a dangling plot point, but then ben, ben is just like, dude, just take a win and walks away and then it ends. Like, even Ben Grimm is just like, fucking, it's bedtime. I No, <laughs> just put it in your pants. We're done. We made it home alive and I want to eat my sandwich. Yeah. And I thought that that was almost, that was just like a very perfect ending. Yeah. I thought that too. I was like, Oh, I guess they're setting up towards something because we also don't get very much in terms of resolution of, uh, the big bads, right? There's a nihilist in the story, which I like. They're like, let's, we got to peace out. We got We're dealing with, yeah, they basically run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, both, uh, both bad guys they, they come across, they're basically like, we're not ready for this shit. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really strange. That was the only thing that I was like, what? Um, 
Yeah, the big cosmic he, entity he, um, that I guess because I guess he says he's not really there. He's just an echo wait, of a previous. Go back to the credits page, please. Yes. I'm like, I'm, it's killing me about the, the colorist. Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson. Yeah. With lettering um, by Ariana Mayer. Uh, yeah, the, um, I think to a detriment, he, so he placed this story specifically in between specific issues. Hmm. I know that that's what he wanted to capture, like that style and that era, but maybe to a detriment, he created a story that he can't actually continue and or develop stakes for because you know where they are next and you know where they were before, as opposed to this being just a standalone story that we want resolution for, that we want to continue elsewhere. So it, I mean, as a piece of um, pop art, this is cool. As a comprehensive story that really like engages. I mean, I think it's maybe more of a divorced of the art. It's like a C with the awesome art. It's like a B plus. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I think the art really um, does the heavy lifting here. Which I mean, that makes sense. He's not—he's not a writer by trade. He's a—he's an artist. He's a storyteller via uh, pencils. But yeah. Um, sorry. You're responding, aren't you? I was, yeah. Mm. Um, but that's that. Um. Yeah, I was really excited about this. Um, and I think I was expecting a little bit more meat. But even still, I had a lot of fun. It's really well done. Um, I like all the different art styles that are going on because he does meld several versions of his his styles, mm-hmm. which I think is very cool. Um, and there's a couple of times that I kind of smiled, like, oh, that was, a cute, that was a cute bit or something like that. Like the interactions between the characters feel great. They feel natural. They feel like the FF that I've always known. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, I was going to say known and loved, but I've never loved them, but the, the, yeah, you the hate FF them. that I've, You're that I know and I'm aware of. Hater. Yeah. You hate these um, people. If they were real, you would want them to die. I, you, we've talked about this offline. Yeah. Uh, like, a pa- like a page like that. Go back, go back one page. Yeah. Another one. No, go back another one. Oh, Oh, so this, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought this up. This was, go ahead. He's trying new things, which I yes. truly appreciate. Yes. The word balloon layout is mildly problematic, but it's so fun to just kind of fall off the edge of the page where he's, where he's guiding me. If it wasn't for the next set of splashes, this would be garbage. So, so like, I, you're I took a screenshot to of this page. Yeah. I, I took a screenshot of this page because the way that we're looking at the page is you kind of, in order to look at it, straight up, you have to tilt the page, right? Mm -hmm. So then when I tilt the page a little bit, I start reading Johnny's words. Um, But then I go, wait, that's wrong. So I got to go back and I got to start with the far left, which makes sense. Like the panel, I'm sorry, um, the letter layout is correct. But the way it's Mm -hmm. juxtaposed with the panel layout, I started reading it the wrong way because I'm an idiot. I... I did a little bit too. I went up and down as opposed to left to right, which again, if this was just one sequence, I would find it wildly problematic. But the fact that it leads you into the next page, the next splash page that is falling yeah. forward. I was like, okay, I see pretty, what you did that's there. That's pretty cool. Like that's pretty cool. you, you made me kind of tip over and get confused only to just completely disorient all your characters and fall off the page. So like, it's stuff like that, that I've, I can't remember ever seeing him try or do before his mm. as beautiful as his, his, uh, his paintings and his figures are, I, I, I've never considered him or seen him kind of like live outside the panel or really play around it. Yeah. And this is more that. And I just thought it was incredibly impressive. This, yeah. this definitely is something I've never seen Alex Ross do. So that hyperbolic claim of you've never seen him like this. I think that's yeah. accurate. Yeah, for I think sure. that's accurate. Yeah, that's a and really it's, good. It's book. enjoyable. Oh, this sequence too, where they are in pitch black and it only reveals itself panel by panel over two pages. I'm like, this is fun. This is cool. 
I didn't understand who the fuck that guy was, but I don't care. Yeah, that's for the that's for the the hardcore FF heads. Yeah, like apparently Reed Richards went to college with so many future supervillains. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the only backstory that you could mine from. He pissed Janus off a lot of people in college. Yeah. Janus. Um but yeah, I would I would recommend it to people who really like the FF or really like um the Silver Age, um people who like Alex Ross art. If you're none of those people, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't throw this at you, right? Uh, you know what? This I was like maybe twelve or thirteen when I found a copy of uh, Kingdom Come and on like a at like a Barnes and Noble, and I was I just looked at the art before actually reading the story. Mm-hmm. This would be. I would give this to a ten year old. Oh yeah, I would cool. absolutely give this to a ten year old. Yeah. Because it is, it's a very, like, self-contained, high-concept, very pretty to look at. Like the, And I think the panel work is strong enough to not even need to bother with the words for the most part. It's, it's fun. I would, yeah, this would be – I think this is an excellent gateway drug for the Fantastic Four. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, it, yeah. Is, a, it is a good um, – yeah, that's a good point. Someone who wants to try the FF, I would hand them this. Yes, I agree. Yeah, because you it, don't have to love the FF. Kind of but this is a good. You want to dip your toe. And it's so it's so in and out too, guys. This is a seventy-page book. <laughs> it it's is not. Quick. It is. It is not a. Um, it 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 went by fast, but it did not feel empty. Yeah. So like it's it's a it's a great length of just like. Uh, hit it and quit it. Yeah, a you good can just one, of, read, uh, one, one Fantastic Four. One yeah, for sure. Nice. All right. Well, that was a pretty quick review. Anything else you want to say? No. Um. Uh, does it, uh, do you have a favorite Alex Ross Chomsky? Oh yeah, Kingdom Come. Come on now. Kingdom Come was my jam, man. I loved Kingdom Come. Uh, and I was really I excited for Marvels. I think I read Kingdom Come first, even though I, I want to say that Marvels came out first, but I'm not 100% sure. I don't remember. And my experience was that Kingdom Come happened, and then I was like, ooh, Marvels, I'm going to read that. And I was really let down by Marvels. But Kingdom Come, mm. I thought, was just top-notch. I'd never seen artwork like that, gouache and watercolor based on um, art, art, you know, uh, models uh, referenced. Mm-hmm. Um I was just blown away by it. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I think he's a very talented gentleman. Um, and I, I like all the covers that he does and stuff. It's just, it's one of those things where he's been so good at what he does for so long that no one really pays attention anymore. And I'm glad that he's, people are starting to pay attention to him again because of this, because he changed things up a little bit. Yeah. I, you, as, as a, as like super fans of this, of this art form and just artists in general, you want to see them kind of like, evolve branch out fuck up try things um and i don't it does i don't get the impression or the sense you know that up until now alex ross has really tried anything new since like the mid 90s like he's just got that like incredibly impressive niche and then just does that like every single painted cover under the sun they're all beautiful Mm -hmm. but okay now what like what's yeah going on next and if this is the next evolution of alex ross i'm down i'm super fucking yeah, down i hope it I have does no well idea how long he... this took <laughs> yeah right yeah it took 17 years <laughs> um, but I'm, yeah i would I like would a love spider-man to version of this or or you know, avengers version yeah maybe so yeah get another co-writer maybe mm-hmm. uh hal says um, i like the ff and alex ross so i'm getting it you should it's it's nice. great um, I would love to read. I think sometime this year, maybe this holiday season, I will revisit Kingdom Come. It's sitting there on my shelf, and I, I remember it in broad strokes. Um, and maybe this has reignited kind of wanting to revisit Alex Ross because I have written him off for the most part. Like, yeah, he's the guy that does covers. Cool. Like, as as relevant as he is for how he's, I do think that his work has defined an era of comic books. But he's been doing the same thing for so long that I fear 
at least for me and my readership, he has become slightly irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And this is a step out of that box. Agreed. Yeah, I hope I hope he's able to you know move forward with some momentum on this. Yeah, oh, this I'm sure wonderful. he's doing just fine. I'm sure he gets paid oh, a lot for good. all of those painted covers his, he does and stuff. It's not like he's his, not getting the work. If you go to any con that his stuff is at, like he literally has a an art dealer that just handles his commissions. This is mm-hmm. like he's fine. He's more than fine. It's just it's it's more about like wanting to see the format evolve, and this is this is great. I agree. I don't think he needs All this right. to survive, but I would love to see no. more of it. Agreed. Absolutely. 100%. Um, all right. Um, mm. That's it. We did it. Yeah. Yeah. We are the best. Around. Nothing's ever going to get us down. What are we doing next week? I only want. Oh, is it next week is a comic book roundup? Yeah, next week's comic book roundup. So I will. Um, nice. Anyone that has any suggestions about anything that came out this week, go ahead and throw them our way. But I kind or of this already month. have a bit of a list. This month, yeah. yeah sorry, this month. Yeah, because yeah, we used to do the weekly reviews of all the comics that well, a bunch of the comics that came out. And now, because we've been diversifying, uh, at the end of the month, we generally are going to be doing a month a monthly comic roundup of our favorite books or most interesting books of the month. So, there's, if you have anything you want I think us to talk gonna be, about, let us know. I think there's going to be six or seven books. We might skip what you've been up to this week and just go books. Okay. Um, Fair enough. Uh, some spoopy stuff. There's been a lot of horror books coming out lately. Oh, yeah. Some, yeah. I figure we'll do that now. We'll do that now as opposed to after Halloween at our next monthly yes. roundup. So Perfect. so we got like Creep Show and Ooh. something else. I want to catch up on oh, the closet. Uh, stuff of Nightmares, Creep Show. Catch up on nice the house. closet, and that could be uh, nice house on the lake. Is a new issue coming out tomorrow? I think. I'm I am like four issues behind. I read seven. Yeah, it's so good though. Yeah, but all right. Oh, you know what? Email us at coldpopgo at gmail and let us know what your favorite horror comic book is. Because I wanna I wanna start reading some more horror comics. All right, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we will talk at you later. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.